It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Mo Moten, Scott Branson back with you. Jump into the conversation with us, would you? Now, if you're crazy, we'll, we'll mute you. But, but other than that, we will, we will talk with you. Even if you disagree with us, it's awesome. It's cool. Check out Mo on X.com. Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. A hello to our YouTube viewers in the chat there. Always fun times. And yes, I know they always want us to do live shows. We're going to do some live shows. Hang in there. Hang in there. We got to make sure everybody's... Everybody's getting through the playoffs here, and then we're going to do some fun stuff. We're going to do some interactive chat with you guys and all that, so stay tuned for that. Also, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. If you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or X, wherever you're watching us, make sure you subscribe to the show and on YouTube particularly. Hit the notifications bell so you know when we have a new one. All right, Mo, let's dive in now to steps for Antonio Pierce to be successful. You wrote a great piece up on 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 uh, excuse me on Bleacher Report about things that needed to happen uh, between now and the beginning of the season with Antonio Pierce, what he needed to do. I also wrote a piece on sports, not uh, somewhat similar about three things he had to do before the draft. So I want to jump in. When you look at what Antonio Pierce has, the strengths he has, some of the areas where he needs help, one of those areas and where the Raiders need help. And I want to dive into this because you started talking about it in the last segment before I rudely interrupted you, which was um, on offense. We'll get into the offensive coordinator position in a second. But this Raider franchise, and, and it's going to be really difficult, Mullen. Let's get into it. The quarterback position, the Raiders by far, they have lots of needs, don't get me wrong. But by far, as you can see from these NFL playoffs, okay, you've seen great quarterback play. You've seen teams in very close games end up going home because a quarterback, even a good one like Jordan Love, who I think is going to be very, very good, make a critical error towards the end of the game, it comes down to quarterback play. When you look at this Raiders team and Antonio Pierce and what his success could be, it's hinged to that quarterback position. Talk a little bit about that and what he needs to do, what this team needs to do in order to get into a position to get a quarterback that will change the game for them. So right after Antonio Pierce was hired, I had a piece on Bleacher Report just going through the steps it would take for the Raiders to get to be AFC playoff contenders. Mm -hmm. And one of the steps 
it wasn't the first step, but one of the steps was getting a quarterback or revamping the Raiders quarterback room. So right now they have Aiden O'Connell, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Brian Hoyer. Oof. They're all under contract for 2024. To me, to me, none of those guys, well, Aiden O'Connell will, in my opinion, compete for the week one job, but I don't think he would be in the driver's seat simply because we all know about his limitations. Now, don't get me wrong, Aiden O'Connell showed improvement this past season. But if you're if you're choosing between Aiden O'Connell and a rookie with high upside, I think you're probably going with the rookie with high upside. Because remember, it was Aiden O'Connell, Jimmy Garoppolo, and with Antonio Pierce do. He went with the rookie who had more upside yep. with Jimmy Garoppolo. So just 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 keep that in mind. Keep that in your back pocket when you're thinking about the quarterback competition during training camp. But the Raiders have to nail the quarterback position, and that's how you get from being a mediocre squad that's hovering around 500 to getting to the playoffs. People want to compare Antonio Pierce to Dan Campbell and D'Amico Ryans. I see the comparisons. The energy that Dan Campbell brings to the Lions, the fact that D'Amico Ryans is a, was a former linebacker, now turned head coach and was successful. But what do they both have, Scott? They have quarterbacks <laughs> that can get them to the playoffs. Yep. Jared Goff was 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 traded there from Los Angeles to the Rams to Detroit. They swapped quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford, of course, goes to Los Angeles, wins the Super Bowl. But Jared Goff has kind of had a career, you know, rebirth in Detroit. Now he's behind one of the best offensive lines in the league, yes. and that's why, even though he's not very mobile, he's able to put up points and put up yards and put up touchdown passes because he has an elite offensive line. But he he is a a pretty decent quarterback. Even before he got to Detroit, let's remember Jared Goff had been to a Super yes. Bowl. Yes, and, and, don't forget and, that. And not only that, Mo, but he was the number one pick in the draft. Now, I you and I talk right. about the functional mobility piece and quarterbacks, and that's what you want. And people argue with us all the time and say, "Well, no, you can have a pocket passer." And Jared Goff is more of a pocket pass. He's more of a, and I don't mean this from a negative standpoint, a system quarterback in that system with that offensive line. He works perfectly because you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Right. And that was his problem. Ironically, that was his problem in Los Angeles. Correct. And that's why if you read up on why McVay traded traded golf to Detroit, it's because of those turnovers, <laughs> critical turnovers. Yep. Now, he's fixed that issue. Now, Detroit has a better offensive line than the Rams had when golf was there. And again, it works for golf as a pocket pass quarterback because Detroit has one of the best offensive lines in the league. Now, in Houston... Different route. Houston was a laughing stock last year. They draft CJ Stroud. All of a sudden, now Houston is pretty good. Now, all of a sudden, Houston has a bright future. They went from being a complete dumpster fire to having a bright future. What changed in a year? Mm -hmm. They nailed the head coach, D'Amico Ryans, and they nailed the quarterback position. They draft CJ Stroud. He's the front runner free for offensive rookie of the year for good reason. But that team didn't even have a number one wide receiver for most of the year. Tank Dell came along, but he got hurt in December. Right. And the, and the Texans still go to the playoffs. They still win a playoff game. Why? Because they have the quarterback to do it. So, again, whether you whether you love or hate the Antonio Pierce hire, the Raiders have to get the quarterback position right. And if they do that, Antonio Pierce will have relative success. Now, of course, of course, you also have to develop that quarterback. So once you get that quarterback, got to have a solid offensive line. Even if he is mobile, got to have a solid offensive line. And got to have an offensive system, an offensive coordinator who puts that quarterback in the best position to succeed. Right, which is why we've talked about it, possibly the availability of Justin Fields, who I think, as you just described, was in a situation where he didn't have a good offensive line. He's gone through multiple offensive coordinators. 
okay, and hasn't had somebody, I think, there to put him in a position to succeed. Not excusing some of his downsides. Those are things that you have to work on. But I think that's a good example of, yeah, you can sometimes get a talented quarterback, but if they're in the wrong situation, they might not reach their potential. And that's the thing, the path for the Raiders, Mo, to get a quarterback, people are like, well, they're picking 13, so those three quarterbacks are going to go in the first four picks. And that may be true. I am of, and we've talked about this going back to last year when we're covering the draft. I am of the opinion that the Raiders do whatever they can to get up there. People, oh, you can't give away too much draft picks. Why? You're talking about the quarterback position. If you, I'm not, look, I don't think you can get Caleb Williams. I think he's going to go to the Bears. So I don't think he's going to, I don't think they trade out a number one. Okay. But number two and number three, if, if you like May or if you like Jaden Daniels, who I, I predicted the, the Raiders would move up to get Jaden Daniels, I would go do it. Like, it doesn't matter what it costs. You need that guy. And if you believe he's that guy, you can do that. Now, we've also talked about, yeah, you might be able to get a guy in the second round, too. You got the Bo Nixes. You got even Michael Penix Jr. Some of these other players. But if you really want that guy, Jaden Daniels obviously has the history with Antonio Pierce going back to Arizona State. So there's some synergy there. Uh, but but to me, they have to do whatever they can. If they can't get up there to get one of those guys, then you got to have a strong plan B, which could include, yes, taking somebody in the second round doesn't mean they can't be successful. And plan C is, or plan 1B, is a veteran. And there's not that great of veterans out there. You talked about Jacoby Brissett. I mean, obviously, Kirk Cousins is a big one out there. Devontae Adams was on a podcast recently, talked about how he likes Kirk Cousins. So you can infer from that what you want. But um, the path to the quarterback, they have to have multiple routes, Mo, but it has to be priority one. It's got to be priority one. And I just want to reiterate this. I'm not saying that Justin Fields is the answer for no. the Raiders at quarterback. All I'm saying is that if the Raiders are stuck in a position where they they're, they can't move up for one in the draft and they have to stand pat at 13 and they may not like their options – you bring in a low-cost veteran. Again, Justin Fields is only going to cost $6 million against the cap. Right. You bring him in and have him compete. You don't just hand him the job. You say, well, we'll put Justin Fields in a stable environment with a good OC and see what he does. And if he's if he's pretty good, if he has a career turnaround like Geno Smith in Seattle or Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay, then we'll see what it, where it goes by the end of the season and we'll make a decision there. But for now, we just want a serviceable, serviceable quarterback who could start week one and compete with Aiden O'Connell for the job. I will also say that as far as options, quarterback options in the draft are concerned, I think people need to start talking more about Cam Ward, mm -hmm. who's at Washington State and declared for the draft because Cam Ward can actually, he may go at the end of the first round. So let's say the Raiders don't like their options at 13 and they decide to move back several, a few spots. Cam Ward, I think, is going to be available at the end of the first round. So if they like Cam Ward, his arm talent, his mobility, then that could be an option for the Raiders. I think people need to, if, if it's not Bo Nix or Michael Penix, because that's what, who a lot of people are focusing on, add Cam Ward to the conversation because he's a possibility at the end of the first round, maybe early second round. Yeah, and I think that the situation with 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 Fields is interesting. People, oh, you're going to have to pay. He's coming to the end of his contract. He's going to have to make $40 million, $45 million next season. Okay, so if he comes in and balls out and becomes the quarterback some that the Bears thought he could be when they drafted him in the first round. So what? <laughs> right? I mean, if, right. if he comes out next year, leads the Raiders to the playoffs in 11, 12 wins, I know, I know. I'm just going out there. Listen to me for a second. And he does that, then give him the $40 million. Who cares? Like, if he if he succeeds, great. If he doesn't, like you said, it's $6 million. You let him out. He's got a fifth-year option, technically, right? So on that option, 
you could even tag him. Now you don't have, I don't think they would, but if he doesn't succeed, you let him go. And then you're, you're back to square one. And at least you gave that a shot. In addition, you drafted a rookie perhaps, and you got the rookie Justin Fields and Aiden O'Connell in camp. I don't think you can lose there. Let's walk through the two scenarios. So let's say the Raiders acquired Justin Fields. I wouldn't give up more than a third round pick. Right. That's what honestly. I say. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even I wouldn't even go with a second. I would say a third round pick, take it or leave it, Bears, whatever. We'll move on if you don't take the third round pick. But a third round pick is not gonna hurt. Um, I will say this. Let's say let's walk through the two scenarios. Let's say Justin Fields goes to Las Vegas, Champ Kelly is in the front office. Champ Kelly was in Chicago when the Bears drafted Justin Fields. So that's where I'm making the connection. Not just that he's a low-cost option, but there is some connection there with Champ Kelly if Champ Kelly remains with the front office. Mm-hmm. Let's say Justin Fields gets to Vegas and he stinks. He doesn't He doesn't look anything like a first-round pick. He He's floundering. He's turning the ball over. He's hurt. Okay, you know, his cap hit, as you said, as I said, is only $6 million. You move on. You throw the rookie out there and say, okay, Justin Fields played for six weeks. He isn't any good. Aiden O'Connell or the rookie go out there and and finish the season. Scenario two is Justin Fields goes there and he plays well. And people say, well, then you're going to have to pay him. That That's the perfect situation to use the franchise tag. Right. Guy comes to your team, one year has a decent or good season, you franchise tag him. That's exactly what the Giants should have done with Daniel Jones, yes. by the way. Daniel Jones <laughs> was, in, was in New York. Yeah. But he had one good season and the Giants paid him. That, turned, that looks like a mistake right now. You don't have to pay Justin Fields. You could decline his fifth-year option, which will make him a free agent in 2025. If he plays well, then you franchise tag yeah. him. And you say, okay, you had one good year. Prove it again. And if he isn't able to prove it again, you still have your rookie. You still have Aiden O'Connell in your back pocket. If he proves it again, then you have another decision to make after the 2025 season. But that's so far down the road. You're not worried about two years. You're worried about winning right now because I think the Raiders – I know you said the Raiders have several spots to fill in their roster, but I think with a quarterback, they can make the jump from eight and nine to eleven and six and be a playoff team, yeah. in my opinion. So the win now window could be open if you get the right quarterback. Well, and that's what that's what I think it is, and that's where that's where I want to transition after talking about the quarterback <clears throat> to the offensive coordinator and how important that position is going to be. We've heard some names bantied around, um, one of which they need to stay away from, and we'll talk about that, but. You look at what they're going to do there, especially knowing that you're going to bring in new quarterbacks, whether they're veterans or rookies, whatever, you need somebody on that side. Antonio Pierce is going to need somebody who can come in and I think is is at the forefront of uh, offense in the NFL, who knows the modern offense, who knows the progressiveness of what's happening in the NFL game. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't I think most people understand this, Mo, but just talk about how important it's going to be for that staff as he puts it together, if Patrick Graham does end up staying, which we don't know if he will, if he does stay, then the defensive side's fine. They they got rid of a bunch of position coaches. You expected that. They were Josh McDaniel hired. So that Patrick Graham's going to fill that if he's still there. But on the offensive side, they're pretty much cleaning house. Um, just talk about the importance of that role and, and going forward, how important it's going to be for Antonio Pierce to succeed as a head coach. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, he's got to name an offensive coordinator, and that's that's going to be part of 
how successful he's going to be because it's one thing to get the quarterback, but you got to get an offensive coordinator who has, to me, I, I would want an innovative system. Correct. Uh, that can accentuate the quarterback's strengths and hide and mask his weaknesses. So he's got to nail the offensive coordinator higher. And I think that's, that's the most important hire on his staff. Now he's brought in Mark uh, Marvin Lewis officially. Marvin Lewis is kind of like a consultant this past season. Uh, to help Antonio Pierce along. But now Marvin Lewis is going to be an official part of this Raiders, this new Raiders coaching staff. Tom Coughlin may not be on the staff, but Antonio Pierce will lean on him from advice. Now, remember, he played under uh, Tom Coughlin at, when he won that Super Bowl with the Giants. So he's got older, more experienced head coaches that are going to be giving him guidance, which is a good thing. So I think that's where his offensive coordinator candidates could come from. There are some, there are two names now because one name has been hired uh, as of Monday morning. Shane Waldron mm-hmm. has been hired to be the Bears offensive coordinator. So there are names out there that have been connected to Antonio Pierce, which we'll see which one he settles on. Cliff Kingsbury talked about in the show. Luke Getze was in Albert Breer's piece. I wouldn't touch Luke Getze, especially if you're going to bring in Justin Fields because the Luke <laughs> Getze-Justin Fields combination did not work in Chicago. Yeah. So the Raiders are thinking about bringing in Justin Fields. Luke Getze is probably not going to be an option. If they go in another direction, who knows? I'm sure they may interview him. Who knows what, what it's going to be? But I think for Antonio Pierce to be successful, we talked about the quarterback position, the most important hire. And I said this even during his interview process is, who is he going to name his offensive coordinator? Because that guy is going to be in full control of the offense and developing that quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be huge. And and that's the problem. The Raiders, I, I, I firmly believe if, if they didn't make the playoffs, they would have been in much stronger contention. It was a tough AFC this year for a playoff spot had their offense been even 30% better than it was because it was that putrid. It was that bad. Uh, and so so it, it's vital that he finds that because the defense obviously is in a good spot. They, they need to supplement that with a couple guys here and there, but I agree with you. I think they're on the cusp of being a playoff team, no question whatsoever. So they just need to make it move. Before we move on to the next segment and take a quick break, also want to talk about something. You talked about this, this being a very important position, the most important position that, that Antonio Pierce can hire because of the quarterback, because of the offensive needs. To me, then, it becomes, and we just talked about the fact that they don't need a ton of people. It's not like they are what the Texans were. People thought the Texans were going to win three or four games. They end up going to the playoffs. The Raiders are there. The Raiders had eight wins. Okay. So to, to expect 10 wins next year is kind of the floor is not out of the question. In fact, I think the expectations are higher. And with all the excitement around Antonio Pierce, if he didn't win 10 games now, depending what happens uh, as far as player personnel goes, especially quarterback, um, that would be disappointing. So we talk about him bringing back the Raider way and the attitude and all that kind of stuff. And I know fans love that because it's a romanticized 40-year-old um, kind of construct. And I get it. That's part of what the Raiders brand is. And it's great that he's bringing it back, so to speak. At the same time, what the Raiders haven't had in that time is a culture of winning. So you can have swagger. You can be bad. You can do all that stuff. But you need to win. So the pressure on coaches to win, especially somebody coming in who came in on a nice swell, a nice high, because he went five and four after taking over from McDaniel's, the the expectations will be pretty high for a rookie head coach, don't you believe? I think the expectations will be to improve on what you did last year. Uh, I you know I don't think anybody's gonna be picking the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. No. 
But I, I would think that if you find a quarterback in the draft with high upside or you get a veter- a serviceable veteran who is an upgrade over Aiden O'Connell, you, you, you're expecting to go from 8-9 to a winning record at least. <laughs> and if you have a winning record, then you have a shot to make the playoffs. Now, this year you would have needed 10 wins to get into the best. Just to be the number seven seed. Yeah. The Steelers had 10 wins. Yeah. And they were the seven seed. And they got in with help, by the way. Help, yeah. They needed <laughs> they Lots needed the, they needed, you know, they needed help to get in the last week of the season. So it, if it's all about the quarterback position, it's all about offense. I know people love love to say defense wins championships, but I think that's an outdated adage now because look, just look at the teams in the playoffs. You know, some of those teams didn't have no, the strongest defenses. Look at the Detroit Lions. Their defense is not it's it made stops against the Buccaneers when it had to, but the Lions don't have a shutdown defense. I mean, I mean, think if you if you think about it, now the Ravens arguably yeah. the number one defense in the league, oh, yeah. but their offense is also dynamic with Lamar Jackson. Correct. The Chiefs offense hasn't been what it was in previous years, but if you watch that game against the Bills, it was back and forth. It was an offensive game. Yeah. So and and so People like to say defense, 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 and the Raiders have that to me with Patrick Graham assuming he stays. But considering that Antonio Pierce, even on his watch, the Raiders, before Antonio Pierce got there, the Raiders didn't score more than 21 points in a game. Now, once he took over for Josh McDaniels, they did it three times, but in the other six games, they didn't score more than 21 points. So the Raiders have to be able to consistently score at least three touchdowns or more in a game with some field goals, maybe in between, but you always want to score six. But my point is that offense now in today's league where the rules favor the offense, you can't just depend on your defense to bail you out every week. We saw that with this team this past season. The offense has to be running, not necessarily a well-oiled machine, but it has to be at least decent. Well, and you have to have balance. I think you brought up the Chiefs as a good example, which is their offense is not, you know, before you go back two, three years ago, their offense was on fire, right? And their defense was middle of the road at best, sometimes lower than that. In fact, I think the one year they won the Super Bowl, they were like 24th or whatever it was in defense, but it was, it was out of balance, but the offense was so good. It made up for defensive deficiencies. Now the chiefs have some offensive deficiencies, not a quarterback, but some other places and the defense is better. So you have more of a balance. You have more of that. So I think to your point, it's not, you can't just the days of Trent Dilfer winning a Super Bowl because that Baltimore defense was so dominating. That doesn't happen anymore. It just doesn't happen that way. You have to have some more balance there. Um, and clearly the offensive minded coaches are the ones that are doing a good job. Even if they were Dan Campbell. Yeah. A defensive guy, right? Uh, I mean, you think he's a defensive guy. And to your point about the lions, they do well enough, but they're not some defensive juggernaut. So uh, very, very good point. All right. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the GM position. Oh Yeah. General manager. The Raiders don't have one of those yet. We'll talk about that when we come back here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. 